Hail and well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds, who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Hey, everyone. How are you doing? Welcome to <laughs> this episode of Geek Thyself. Hi, everyone. Where we've... Hey... Probably been a little bit since you've heard from us. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, everybody. Uh, something mm. weird happened with our uploads, and we couldn't, for whatever reason or another, our podcast hosting service that we used, the episode didn't go out. So um, we're working on getting that fixed so that it doesn't happen nice. again. And in the meantime, yeah. we're coming out with another episode. Yeah, so... We were supposed to have two out for September, and hopefully they'll both be out in September, maybe. <laughs> but uh, either way, um, last episode we covered, or I covered, um, London's Great Fight because Heather couldn't be there, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, busy, busy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, but this time we're going to be covering something else. Again, UK, no, well, no, not UK specific. No. No. Absol- only no, initially what's oh, sorry only initially was it uk specific yeah i mean yeah that's fair um but we we looked at a few things i think i mentioned this in the, the last episode as well we were looking at a few topics that were september themed because october is easy to find things for mm-hmm. with halloween and wicked yes. and everything like that my but, favorite <laughs> um yes we're getting close to it again we need to think about what we're going to be doing mm-hmm Oh, sure we can find something. Anyway, um, so uh, we obviously had the couple episodes with Smoking Bear, and then we had another episode which was based on in the US. And I can't remember what the type, what it was about. I've got it here somewhere. Oh dear. Anyway, that's not the point. So we we were sh- we were just shifting gears to to be on the other side of the world, and um. Well, it's not really a, a fun topic. It's certainly an interesting topic mm-hmm. in that World War Two um, started in September of nineteen thirty nine, and while we can get the month pretty easily, if we wanted to cover it in the year it started, we would have to wait eight years. So, you know, I think we'll just do it now. <laughs> oh, okay. mm. So, um, uh, we mentioned this maybe before, but uh, both Heather and I have. Uh, probably more, or spent more time looking into Earth World Wars than general people would, I guess. Um, I mean, that's probably a good way to put it, yeah. Well, because you've said before that your dad uh, was a history buff, so you've got a lot of that from just Mm -hmm. your general sort of researchiness from everything from him. A, a lot of it, yeah. A lot of my love for learning and history. My mom likes learning too, but my dad was always definitely more into it, which considering he was a college professor is probably not overly surprising. Um, no, not really. But in terms of history, one of his favorite eras to learn about was World War II. Um, my dad was actually born during World War II. I didn't know this. I found this out five minutes before we started recording. <laughs> but Yeah, my dad was born in 1942. Um, he had me when he was a lot older, <laughs> but um, he uh, was born in 1942 during an air raid 
in his area. There were bombs being dropped not too far away. So he and my grandparents couldn't actually go. Well, he was in his my grandmother's stomach, obviously, but they couldn't go to the hospital. So they ended up having to have the doctor and the midwife come to them at their house. Uh, yeah, and if I remember correctly, your your dad is uh, born in, in the UK, I guess? Yes, he was born in Yorkshire. Yeah. in Specifically yes. in Horsforth near Leeds in Yorkshire. Mm, yeah, I, I, I definitely remember that one half of your family was born in the UK, but I wasn't sure if it was 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 uh, your mother but obviously it makes more sense being your father was born in the air raid mm-hmm. um i don't have any kind of uh fascinating story like that <laughs> although i think both of my great granddads were in the war i believe so that would make sense um, i do know my um my grandfather my dad's father was a welder so he worked mm-hmm. on a lot of you know planes and other equipment tanks because he was and tanks probably too because he was a welder and i know Mm. this is before that obviously but world war one my grandmother's father um he was irish but he actually had like a captain title if i'm remembering right and he was training cavalry he actually died at the training grounds they got bombed or something no, it, it was so long ago, the family doesn't really know all the details anymore. Yeah. But he, he died in the line of duty during training. Yeah. That, well, that's the sad thing. The, the What I sort of pick up on that is just how ridiculous World War Two kind of sped up production of anything that wasn't horseback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, dear. So, anyway, um... My sort of knowledge from this sort of stuff does comes from the fact that it was part of my advanced. Uh, I don't really uh, you call it like advanced placement, um, but or like elective stuff. But it was uh, my elective um, with history. Mm-hmm. The second, the, the second year of it was covering uh, all aspects of like between thirty and forty five. Uh, obviously, there's an awful lot that goes into what happened in Germany before. 39 which still at the war yeah which basically came about when hitler became uh involved in the nazi party and i think i want to say 33 32 or 33 somewhere uh, that. Uh, something like um, that 1933 yeah. january uh, yeah. 30th 1933 he became the leader of the national well, he was the leader of the national socialist german workers party Really long name. Otherwise known as the Nazi Party. Yeah, otherwise known as the Nazi Party. And they took power in Germany at that time. Uh, yeah. And then he played the very long game until he became um, Chancellor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then started to... Well, I suppose we get into it because this is, <laughs> this is what he did. Um, in very early September of 1939, uh, the 1st of September, is when the German uh, armies started to push out into Poland, um, which was also the first time the term Blitzkrieg was used, um, which is interesting, and I've got the Blitzkrieg definition. Uh, Blitzkrieg is a term used to describe a method of offensive warfare designed to strike a swift, focused blow at an enemy using mobile and maneuverable forces, including armoured tanks and air support. Such an attack ideally leads uh, to a quick victory, limiting the loss of soldiers and artillery, 
Most famously, the Blitzkrieg describes the, the successful tactics used by Nazi Germany in the early years of World War II, uh, as German forces swept through Poland, Norway, Belgium, Holland, and France with astonishing speed and force. And uh, Blitzkrieg, it means, in general, a lightning war in German, mm-hmm. uh, and has its roots in early military strategy. So, um, yeah, their whole deal was to make the war as fast as possible, if or hope even better that there wasn't a war and they just they just went and carried on through um but the uk and france weren't really on board with that no not so much (laughs) um yeah and yeah well and nazi germany had sort of created issues along the border so that they could use it as an excuse to invade um Mm. it's you know no big secret that Hitler wanted a lot of control <laughs> over a lot of territory. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, he was also very um, grieved, um, especially by the Treaty of Versailles and how negatively it affected German, uh, the German population, their economy, their wealth, because they lost an awful lot in losing the war that they started. Mm-hmm. Um, and... He was not very happy about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, as you are probably aware, he scapegoated the, the Jewish popu- population as uh, most of the problems which are with the world. Yeah. Which neither heaven nor, neither heaven nor I agree with those kind of statements no. or sentiments. Nope, nope, not at no. all. I mean, I don't think that needs to be said, but I'm just saying it anyway, because just because we're talking about Hitler does not mean we're fans. <laughs> No, not so much. Yeah, I mean, if you're listening to our episodes and haven't understood that Russell and I both are not super, you know, crazy, bigoted, racist, conservative, homophobic, anything like that, like none of those words would be used to describe us. Um, If you would hope anyway, we we would really hope. Yeah, if you haven't figured that out already, um, Mm -hmm. you might want to re-listen. So, also on the second, Gemlin, uh, uh, the current Prime Minister of the UK, sends Hitler an ultimatum uh, to withdraw German troops from Poland or will, will, war will be declared. Wow, that's a mouthful. <laughs> uh, the Luftwaffe gains air uh, superiority over the Polish Air Force. And Germany ignores that ultimation, and British and France both declare war on Germany in September the th- um, on September the 3rd. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, not, I mean, not surprisingly for anyone who has studied World War II history at all, Hitler basically mm. said, nah, I don't feel like it, <laughs> and ignored them. And yeah, pretty much. And continued to attack and invade um, as he had planned, mm. and so other countries in Europe, such as Britain and France, said, okay, well, time for war. Yeah. Um, they were quickly followed well, because... by, Aust- uh, let's see. They were followed by Australia, New Zealand, South mm. Africa, and Canada, also declaring yeah. war. Mm. Uh, because most of the countries in the in Europe at this point had some sort of uh, treaties and alliances with each other, so it was pretty much had to, if you picked on any one of them, everyone was going to speak up because they had kind of had to. They signed an agreement that they would. Although I suppose they could have just broke their agreements, but that no. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, uh, the day after the the RAF, the Royal Air Force of the UK raided, uh, raid German warships uh, based in the Heligo uh, Heligoland Blight. That's a that's that's a word. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know how to say it either. 
<laughs> no, but um, but, uh, but it uh, it's basically off the coast of Germany, um, where they were sort of storing and getting things ready to move on both um, France and um, England, specifically as you know we're an island, so they couldn't get to us by land. I mean, they could certainly try, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, the South African government, led by Jean Smuts, declared war on Germany in a vote on the previous day, and the South African parliament had rejected a motion to remain neutral uh, in the war. And Egypt breaks off relationships with Germany, but they don't declare war. They just they just go, you know, I don't want to be your friend anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> there were there were quite a few countries that didn't necessarily outright declare themselves to be at war with Germany, but they also mm. didn't condone what was happening, and so they just kind of yeah. were like, eh, Seven we ties, don't support yeah. you. Yeah. Um, e- uh, on the September the 9th, the four panzer division uh, reaches Warsaw and the city is in, is effectively put under siege. Mm-hmm. Uh, then on the 17th of September, 16 days after Nazi Germany had, vented, had invaded Poland, the Russian Red Army attack, uh, orders attacks from the east. So now Russia got involved. And yeah, that, that went well. Uh, now facing massive opposition on the second front, Polish troops are ordered to evacuate into neutral Romania. Well, and um, around the same time, also on September 17th, 1939, mm-hmm. um, the Soviet Union uh, signed a ceasefire agreement with Japan. Because um, mm. previously, they, Japan and... They were at war with each yeah, other. Yeah, Japan and Russia had been fighting each other over territory that was um, on the western, western, eastern border of Russia, um, basically opposite the... The coastline from Japan. So yeah, uh, but they agreed to. You've got to put a stop to this for a minute. There's actual things going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, and then see, I've got like a, a breakdown of a lot of things that happened. Uh, a week later, on the twenty fourth, one thousand one hundred and fifty German aircraft bomb Warsaw. Which, yeah. Yeah. And and the. A couple of days after the Luftwaffe uh, attacked the Royal Naval Base in Scarborough, which I think is oh dear, where is Scarborough? Uh, in the uh, yeah, uh, it's in Scotland. I had a feeling it was in the UK. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, in it's a body of water in the Orkney Islands, Scotland, sheltered by the islands of the mainland, uh, Bury and South Ram Ram and Hoy. Uh, yeah, so uh, just an out, uh, a more direct attack on the UK at that point. Uh, German propaganda claims they have sunk the character HMS Ark Royal, when in reality the 2,000 uh, pound bomb had missed by almost 30 yards. Uh, a super aircraft from uh, Ark Royal shoots down the first German plane of the war. Uh, and in, on the 27th, Moving on, uh, civilian losses are estimated at about 200,000 in Poland and it surrenders to Germany and Polish lands are divided between the Soviet Union and Germany as are 666,000 uh, prisoners of war. Uh, for the poor Poles, however, many worse atrocities were still to come. Yeah, lots and lots and lots and lots of fighting. Um I mean, as as time passed, things continued to heat up, and a more and more groups were joining one side or another. Um, in June of 1940, the Soviet Union 
uh, quote-unquote, forcibly annexed <clears throat> Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania, and also the Romanian regions of Bessarabia and northern Bukovina and Herza. Um, So basically they were like, you're ours now. You don't get a choice. And so some people ended up joining one side of the war or another through no fault of their own. Like they really did not want to. But if your country gets taken over and then you're conscripted into the army and basically told we'll send you to a concentration camp or kill you if you don't do what we're telling you to do, your options are limited. And not everyone could resist that kind of pressure. <clears throat> no, uh, and with how fast the Germans were actually pushing into a lot of mainland Europe, there were less and less places to go. Even if you could uh, resist mm-hmm. it, you were you were running out of options. Yeah, and I mean England obviously was against Germany. Uh, France was getting attacked all over the place as the war continued, mm. and. Um, it wasn't really easy to get to England. You had to go across water and get to the coast in the first place. Mm-hmm. So if you... Which is why... Which is... Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, which is why air raids and bombings were much more uh, favoured when targeting the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would just fly their ships over the ocean, attack England, and then fly back again. Mm-hmm. Uh, which has all kinds of other things deal with all right so um the only thing that i think we missed is like a big point is um oh yeah in october the 6th of 39 uh the last Polish troops cease fighting and hitler launches his quote last peace offensive uh to the western democracies but it is rejected pretty much immediately by the british prime minister neville chamberlain because yeah Hmm. Uh, they, they, they weren't going to, you know, listen to to that when you've just when you've when you've killed about two hundred thousand innocent people, <clears throat> uh, and uh, while Russia hadn't actually declared war, they did invade Finland. Um, uh, the Soviet air force bombed the capital Helsinki, whilst one million troops poured across the border. So they were acting against, I think, the Geneva Convention at that point. But uh, it it gets it gets messy. Um, and then we've got the into January twenty nineteen forty. Just uh, okay. Um, a lot of the sort of things that happened in the beginning of the nineteen forty are just basically like heating up tensions, like with uh, Britain announcing that merchant ships in the North Sea would be armed, and then a day later Germany announced announces that all British merchant ships are going to, are going to be classed as warships, so they're going to be attacked no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, Which also didn't sit well with Americans. Uh, mm-hmm. Americans had kind of tried to stay out of the war, kind of. Uh, um, they were kind of physically silently yeah. supporting England. Um, yeah, it, uh, they were sending uh, resources and weapons and money, mm-hmm. but they weren't sending people. Correct. Um, uh, yeah. At well, least not at, initially. Point, but yeah, yeah, but that happened at, at much, at quite later, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did Pearl Harbor actually happen? Yeah, oh. it is also important to note um, that though the Soviet Union kind of worked with Germany in the beginning, later they were against Germany. Yeah, um, I think after a swap in 
rulership, I think, is something that happened. I don't know. It's been so long since I've discovered this. Or did they just decide to change? Um, well, basically, the Soviet Union didn't necessarily want to keep up with their end of the bargain. Um, mm. Let's see. I'm trying to remember. It's... Uh, they, they wanted certain areas. They wanted to annex certain areas. But then after that, they weren't quite as gung-ho mm-hmm. about everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so before the war, they had a non-aggression, a, a non-aggression pact with Germany, which played into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Yeah, and then termination of the pact in forty one. Uh, Hitler actually terminated it by launching Operation Barbosa. So Hitler actually turned against the the Russian allies, and then they uh, some days before the invasion. So yeah, to highly placed Soviet spies in Germany uh, had sent dozens of reports to Moscow containing evidence of preparation for a German attack. Further warnings came from Richard Storch, a Soviet spy in Tokyo, working out together as a German journalist. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it didn't take very long uh, for that to happen because even um, let's see. Even as early as uh, 1942, so just two years after the war really got going, yeah. um, they, you know, were coming out with groups like the Night Witches, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, who were, in my opinion, very cool. They were Russian, they were female Russian mm. air pilots who... Um, yeah, that's cool. They were all volunteers, and they basically just bombed the crap out of the German army. Nice. All right. Uh, I think we've gone a bit over where our sort of mid-roll point is, so I mean, maybe it's good to is sort of go unsurprising. I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, that's. Uh, well, I'm not saying that's that's uncommon. I'm just saying <laughs> we've done it again. So maybe we should think about going into a mid-roll, but... So I think we're going to do that now. We're going to come back over. I don't know how much of World War Two we're going to cover. It's it's a bit of a difficult thing to cover all in one episode. But if you do want to hear more about maybe later on, especially uh, after Pearl Harbor, because I believe we covered Pearl Harbor in, in an episode by itself, didn't we? Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I'd have to yeah. double check. We've had so yeah. many episodes. I'd have to go back and double check. Yeah. I, Part of me rem- think uh, remembers I was covering a little bit about Pearl Harbor. That might be um that might not be true. But anyway, uh, we'll go into the mid roll and then we'll come back out and do the rest of this bit. All right. Mm-hmm. See you in just a sec. Hey guys, welcome to this week's mid roll. We have been away for a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but- Oh well, uh, we will hopefully get all that sorted very soon. But in the meantime, we will still like to talk about the people we love quite a lot on this show. That is very true. Um, so, oh, there's my cat. So, like always, yeah, Heather is currently <laughs> dealing with a cat attack. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's cute, but he's a pain in the butt. Uh, so, like mm. always, we want to talk about World Anvil. World Anvil's an amazing, robust campaign management and world building software and tool you can find them at worldanvil.com i mean honestly can't talk about them enough they have so many amazing features you can basically create a wikipedia of your world for your players if you're a game master that was my cat jumping down 
or uh, your the world you've written about. If you're an author, they have two different versions. You can sign up for the like writer's version or the game master's version. Um, on top of that, you can sign up for free and get a lot of amazing features just from the get-go. And then later, if you find there's features that are part of their paid prescription, paid subscriptions, you can always sign up later and upgrade your guild membership. We definitely recommend you check them out. It's worldanvil.com. Yes, we love them very much. Mm-hmm. Um, second people we'd love to talk about are the fine folks at Castle Die Hard over at dieharddice.com. They have the most amazing dice that we have been using and loving for the past few years. Mm-hmm. They created their own metal uh, dice mold, uh, which then got replicated by a load of other people, but they still uh, do it the best. Uh, they create wonderful metal dice and polymer dice, and they also use uh, their new molds for their plastic dice as well. Um, they have their Spellbinder series with dual colors for things like that. They've got their uh, uh, multi-class D20s which splits into multiple different uh, sides so you can have uh, two different sizes of uh, D20s uh, magnetically attached together and they're awesome. They've got great accessories like their scroll of rolling for uh, compact and travel D&D mm-hmm. or any kind of game really. They've got their wonderful little metal meeple uh, things for board games and stuff if you want to uh, have more tokens or just more robust ones. They have a great selection of things to find from. You can search for anything that you're going to be needing. You can. Oh, no, no, not you can. There is uh, free shipping in the US, <laughs> uh, which is lovely, and discounted shipping to, uh, internationally for everyone else. And they can also use the code NerdSmith SEP for 10% off your next order with them. They're wonderful. We've loved them for so many years. Definitely. They've been supporting us for. For, for frankly an absurd amount of time <laughs> um, and yeah we love them very much uh, if you want to roll with the rest all you need to do is go to dieharddice.com wonderful okay so it's always fun to do that bit and now we're going to get back into talking about the the starting World War 2 mm-hmm. I guess so Okay. I, I will say right. Pearl Harbor technically is not the start of World War 2 although it's definitely the start of the US direct involvement in world war ii did, did i say it was the start of world war ii i might i, I mean i might have said that you said you, you said beginnings of world war ii i think which is technically still what we're talking about i mean it went on till 1945 oh yeah yeah i didn't mean like it was a, the initial thing uh what i meant was Pearl Harbor was the start of when the u.s got involved personally uh which was in 1941 so it was still within the first couple of years of the war but that's um, true yeah they 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 were helping with money, aid, like weapons and that kind of thing before the attack on their own soil, mm-hmm. which is reasonable, I suppose. Yeah. And well, also, and there were situations. America... Oops, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, with the Americans being as far out as they were, like transport was not as quick as it is now. Um, mm-hmm. We don't. It would have taken a lot to get that kind of stuff over, which obviously happened, but moving troops is a significantly bigger undergoing than just moving uh, money and uh, supplies. Yeah. That, that's what I was going to say. Sorry, carry on. Agreed. No, you're you're right. I was just going to say, I mean, there were definitely situations of the U.S. supporting Britain and France. 
uh, from the very beginning, the U.S. was not about this whole Hitler taking over and invading other countries thing. No. But unfortunately, uh, there were people who probably wanted to get involved sooner. But as a whole, the U.S. didn't want to be involved in a big war. Um, Especially considering it hadn't been that long since World War One, and everyone was remembering yeah. what a big thing that was. Plus, in 1939 and the 1940s, the U.S. was dealing with the Great Depression. It was the tail end yeah, of the Great Depression. Own, but Yeah, they had their own things. Yeah, there, there was something already going on that people were dealing with. So, compa- by comparison, the American people were not super interested in jumping into a war. Mm-hmm. Especially one that wasn't threatening them directly. Correct. Of course, that changed. When, when Pearl Harbor was attacked. It it did. Yeah, Japan yeah. Uh, started working with Germany. Mm-hmm. And on December 7th, 1941, at about 8 o'clock in the morning, and it was a Sunday morning, so there weren't as many people, you know, up and about and everything, um, the Japanese Naval Air Force bombed the United States Naval Base at Pearl Harbor in Honolulu, Hawaii. Yeah. Um, also, just as a point, uh, Italy, Germany, and Japan all signed uh, their agreement to work together uh, with the war effort in September, ironically, of 1940. So about a, a year on into the war is when they all agreed to fully work together under the banner of the Axis of Power. Mm-hmm. Or the, the, the Axis Powers. Uh, yeah. Yes, um, and the so. others called themselves the Allies. Yes, um, because that was... It was basically everybody who wasn't those. I mean, honestly, yes. Uh, Everyone yeah, who wasn't those point, three was pretty much either with the Allies or some, at least somewhat neutral. Yeah. Uh, like, at that point, uh, Russia and Germany's sort of relationships were breaking down because of Germ- um, Hitler breaking off their own agreements. And then Pearl Harbor got the US involved uh, uh-huh. much more directly. Uh, yeah, unsurprisingly, given um, given American attitudes on being attacked by other countries, it probably comes as no one's as a surprise to no one that the instant one of the Axis countries bombed an area that had U.S. citizens, yeah, it was like the, the, as a whole, the the United states and you know all the government and everything basically uh <laughs> looked at that and went oh no you didn't yeah um <laughs> yeah um not the smallest move no um also also notable things that happened in 1940 while we're sort of covering that bit uh is that uh, french uh, troops abandoned paris and german troops uh, do actually march in to Paris, uh, along with tanks, and would roll past the Arc de Triomphe, which you probably, if you've ever covered any sort of uh, history sort of thing, you'd absolutely have seen that image. Cause, it's a yeah, pretty famous one. Well, plas- yeah, they plaster it everywhere. But so yeah, in nineteen forty, then France was fully occupied at that point. Um, I I was just going through the bits that I like because there's so much here that we could talk about it for days. There's so we have so to, many things. I'm trying to be selective. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, in 13th of September in 1940, uh, Italy uh, decides to invade e- Egypt, who had remained neutral up until this point. Yes. Okay, so yeah. 
the the articles that I'm looking on uh, cover specifically British stuff, which I've just noticed well, why there's some bits that I'm missing. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, well, where, where is the access agreement in this? I know it's here, and it's, it's not there because it's not specifically related to, to Britain and stuff. But, uh, I've got too many tabs open now. Yeah. So the bombing, uh, the attack on Pearl Harbor also led to a lot of other things happening in the United States in particular, which were not great. Um, no, not particularly. <laughs> so even before, for anyone who's not familiar with uh, American history, uh, the short version is that American history involves a whole lot of white people being a whole lot of racist yeah i mean <laughs> that's that's that is a way of describing that it. is yeah. the short version sadly that whole lot of white people being a whole lot of racist isn't completely gone yet mm, no but, but <laughs> yeah um it's 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 getting better eventually all the old white people will die <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. You're not wrong. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, there's that whole Statue of Liberty has the the saying on her, whatever, give me your poor, your tired, your hungry, your people searching to be free. And Mm -hmm. basically a lot of white people in power when the U.S. first started to become a country, uh, I mean, granted, that was before Statue of Liberty, but they, if you took that saying and applied it to what was happening, it would basically be like, okay, so all the people in power running the U.S. are causing people to exist that want those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's not great. But no, um, no. Japanese Americans and Chinese Americans were not treated well, historically, especially in California and other western coastal which country we, or states. We definitely have covered that mm-hmm. in an episode. We definitely did an episode on the Japanese internment. Yeah. I very much remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, so yes, if you if you're new to listening, uh we covered that in much more depth in a previous in previous episode. So but yeah, uh, Heather's right. It was not a great place to be because a lot of people were st- still on edge about everyone who came up came over from different parts of the world after World War One, and World War Two even worse so mm-hmm. so it just yeah it, people being yeah I, I, don't, I don't think there's another word for it people being prejudiced uh, you I know, mean that, 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 that is what it was yeah. Um, okay. but yeah it led to a whole lot of other things happening here in the US one of the things it did do um was get the U.S. out of the Great Depression. Mm. Now, admittedly, some of the, you know, works projects and things that the government was trying to do did help a little, but the biggest factor in terms of getting the U.S. out of the Depression was World War II and the fact that we joined World War II because suddenly there was all this production that had to happen. We had to have more airplanes, more equipment, more guns, more all that kind of stuff, and all of this extra production 
and the fact and that the morale and and of like joining you serving yeah. your country and joining with the war well and the fact um, that it was young a, men who'd been listless before and couldn't find jobs <laughs> could now join the military they'd get three yeah. square meals a day you had housing yes you had a gun in your hands and you had to go fight somebody but <laughs> to be fair I don't think that's a problem for a, a, a good chunk of the American population. Yeah, so, you're not wrong. It's, well, I mean, maybe the fighting bit, but you guys like your guns, all right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, admittedly, yeah. I'm not one of those crazy, like, everyone needs a gun people, but even I have fired guns and don't have a problem yeah. firing a gun and wouldn't have a problem owning a handgun. Sure. <clears throat> But yeah, it was it was a dramatic shift in the. I, I guess like, I want to think of a better word, but the vibe, <laughs> the vibe, the the atmosphere. I guess it's a better way of describing it in in the US, mm-hmm. where people had things to be doing and they wanted to do stuff because, you know, people had attacked their country. But, you know, I can definitely understand why it was the, the, the spark for a lot of people, and especially for getting them out of the depression uh, by the time the war ended. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, attack of Pearl Harbor was a, sh- a surprise military strike by the Japanese uh, air service upon the United States. A neutral company, at the t- uh, neutral country at the time, but neutral-ish. They it, were definitely like still neutral with helping. quotation marks. Yeah, they were definitely helping the, the Allies, but it was not directly or... It well, it couldn't be. It couldn't be equiv- It couldn't be equated to a direct help. I think it's. I think it's the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, they didn't really like the the intent behind their attack. Kind of makes sense. They were trying to prevent the United States Pacific Fleet from interfering in the Japanese campaigns that were taking place. In Southeast Asia and in the Pacific Ocean. Which they weren't going to do. <laughs> Which the U.S. had really... Yeah, exactly. The U.S. wasn't planning yeah. to interfere. They were trying to stay neutral. However, yeah. um, Japan didn't destroy enough of the naval fleet to stop yeah. them. Yeah, and at that point you've, you've, you've gone over and kicked a nest that wasn't going to be a bother. Um, and absolutely right. I can't blame the, the U.S. for reacting the way they did. Like... They had been neutral in all senses of, like, fighting. And then, out of nowhere, they were attacked. And that was attack was at 7.48am in Hawaiian time. Uh, and uh, the base were attacked by 353 Imperial Japanese aircraft equipment fighters, uh, level and dive bombers, and torpedo bombers. And, it, and they were launched in two waves uh, and launched from six aircraft carriers. Uh, one... Uh, uh, of the eight U.S. naval battleships present, all were damaged, and with four of them sunk, so about half. Uh, all but the USS Arizona were later raised, uh, and six uh, were returned to service and went on to fight in the war. And the Japanese also uh, sank or damaged three cruisers, three destroyers, and anti-aircraft uh, and an anti-aircraft training ship, mm-hmm. and one mate liner. A total of 188 U.S. aircraft were destroyed, 2,403 Americans were killed, and 1,178 others were wounded. Uh, important base installations such as the power station, dry dock, shipyard maintenance, and uh, fuel and torpedo storage facilities, as well uh, as submarine piers and headquarters buildings, were also uh, were not attacked. 
So, um, yeah, Japanese losses were light. 29 aircraft and 5 midget submarines lost, and 64 servicemen were killed. Uh, 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 but the commanding officer of one of the submarines was captured, uh, Kazuo Sakamaki. Sakamaki. Thank you. <laughs> he was the first <laughs> Japanese prisoner of war. Uh, and then after that, after doing that attack, is when they announced war on the US, mm-hmm. which the US didn't take very nicely to that. Uh, but yeah, so it was late on the same day or December in the in Tokyo. But the declarations were not delivered until the following day. The British government declared war on Japan immediately after learning that the Tevri had also been attacked, uh, and the U.S. Congress declared war on Japan on December 11th. Despite the fact they had no formal obligation to do so under the tripartite pact with Japan, Germany and Italy each declared war on the U.S., which responded with a declaration of war against Germany and Italy. Um, so even though they didn't have to join Japan in their crusade against the US, they did actually honor, you know, of being on the same side, which is something to say, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there were numerous historical precedents for unannounced military action by Japan, but the lack of any formal warning, particularly while peace negotiations were still apparently ongoing, President Franklin D. Roosevelt, uh, uh, led President uh, FDR to proclaim December 7, 1948, a date which will be live in infamy. Uh, because the attack happened without a declaration of war and without explicit warning. Yeah, basically because Japan attacked with, like, there was no warning, there was no actual de- war going on at the time, the U.S. was still neutral. Between those two. You know, all mm-hmm. these kinds of things. Because of all of that, it was considered just a really big deal that Japan attacked with no warning, hence a date yeah. which will live in infamy. And it's also why mm-hmm. later... During the Tokyo trials. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say this. Yeah. Yeah. And not only was it a big deal then, but later it became a war crime. Yes. Yeah. During the Tokyo trials, which is basically when Japan was put on trial for what happened during the war. Because there were some other things that, like, I'm not going to lie. I'm proud of a lot of things about my Japanese heritage. What the Japanese military did to people during world war Two is not something i am proud of about my history it, like it was brutal uh it, it essentially boils down to it was the, the japanese's uh treaty of versailles where they're picked and cleaned out uh for everything that they did mm-hmm. in, in the war um, yeah which, and a, yeah, a lot of things that. were included in that that were a big deal like um mm-hmm. for a very 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 long time japan was not allowed to have its own military no. Um, and Germany was not supposed to have its own military either, or it had to be within a specific size, which they absolutely didn't keep to. Mm-hmm. Um, which, those sort of things were restrictions to stop these th- those particular countries from declaring war again, uh, which is definitely something that, you know, people should have been checking in on, especially before the war with Germany. It's like, uh, there were supposed to be audits that happened about... Um, them keeping up with the, the Treaty of Versailles, but they didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was, it was bad time. I mean, um, things did work out with Japan in terms of it not happening mm-hmm. again. I mean, there were things like the Japanese weren't yeah. allowed to have a standing military. Um, they were, I'd have to double check the exact terminology, but I think they were allowed to have a small force specifically for self-defense. 
I think they could also have some naval forces, but not military. Right, it was like Coast Guard it, it breaks type. It down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it breaks it down into all these specific mm-hmm. things about what you can and can't have. Yeah, which could um, be, a, honestly, an entire episode on its own. Um, yeah, but it's yeah, also one of the that. reasons why there was, for a very, very long time, such a heavy military presence of U.S. military in Japan. Because they couldn't have their own military, right. they, which they kept they, for a long yes, time. Yes, they couldn't have their own, and to make sure that they weren't completely unprotected and also that they stuck to it, there were military U.S. military bases in Japan for a very long time. It's it's one of the ways too that there ended up being a lot of uh, Japanese army wives. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you're spending an awful lot of time there, things things happen. Mm-hmm. Well, and there was also um, just in in terms of cultural differences, like especially at the time back in like the 40s and 50s, um, men here in the U.S. were taught to like court women. Like you brought them flowers and and things like that, and there wasn't always as much of an emphasis on that in Japanese day to day society. I mean, there was some, but it wasn't the same. So, yeah, 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 Japanese women responded positively to these really nice, handsome American men that were giving them all sorts of flowers and chocolates. Yeah, and not really understanding why. <laughs> yeah, and being nice to them. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Is there anything else that you want to specifically cover for the early parts of the war? Not for the early parts of the war. I mean, there are so many things that happened during World War Two. Yeah, like honestly, like, I mean, that's we could fill up. I don't even know how many podcast episodes with what happened in World War Two. <laughs> Well, yeah, like, I mean, we've already covered, like, 39 to 41 in general sort of terms. Mm-hmm. There's still another four years. But... Yeah, because nothing, it and didn't that completely Normandy end until 1945. And Day, uh, yeah, it includes Normandy and D-Day. Yeah, it so much stuff that, you know, we could absolutely cover another episode on this. But I think, yeah, I think that's probably a good place to wrap up. Um, if you want to hear us talk more about this, please feel free to let us know. Also, if you want to learn more about it, there's plenty of resources to look at, mm-hmm. including our other episode from Japanese internment, which is more about after the war, but it also does go into where the prejudices come from, uh, obviously being World War Two and all that good stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't have much else to say, uh, apart from sorry, the episodes have been a bit funky. Yeah. <laughs> That's funky, F-U-N-K. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, yeah, hopefully that's all going to be sorted from now on. We're about to go into spooky month, so we hope it's all set up for, for spooky yes, month. Because spooky, spooky month is the last month. Spooky. Yes. We love spooky. All the spooky. Um, yeah, well, um, thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you're doing well, um, enjoying yourselves, enjoying the fact this year's coming to an end already. How is that possible? I don't even understand. Like... Yeah, like, how are we already in, like, going into winter? Like, it's already getting cold here. I know. Although I suppose it's always, it's crazy. It's cold here. Anyway, so yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll stop going on tangents. And <laughs> uh, in the fe- in, in the meantime, don't forget to geek thyself. And we'll catch you in a bit. Bye, Bye. guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at 
geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself. Geek thyself.